Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 22, 2020, in the year of our Lord, A.D. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. Yeah, man, that'd be me. Happy Earth Day. Oh, is it Earth Day? It is. Oh, sweet. Yeah. What should we do? Keep we'll, Earth cleaner than Uranus. Drill some... <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, if we're making a list of all those. I'm like, I forgot there's a planet by that name, too. <laughs> um, I guess they haven't declassified that one yet. No, just Is it Pluto that Pluto. they said was nothing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, as you guys can tell, we've got a lot to get into. <laughs> oh, it's been, it's been a busy seven days, man. We got multiple listener submissions. Shout out to the Tots, everyone. Whoa. Thanks for coming through in the paint. Um, I've got, I did some production work this week. I've got. Some nice surprises for you, Mr. B-Rad. We're going to hear some hear from some friends of the show, shall we say. I'm excited, man. Let's right. get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. So we have some special guests today, you say? Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. I'd put out the uh, I'd put out the call for people to weigh in on some of the Biden versus Trump stuff and just your general outlook on the election that's upcoming. Um, I know that we haven't really been as focused on that, but we, yeah. we've started to had uh, have uh, the rivalry of the ad campaigns has really started to crop mm. up. So I don't know if you've seen any of those. But I have not. We can discuss that a little bit later. Um, okay. We're actually going to incorporate some women into the show for once. Which Let's is, go. Courtney has been the lone representative thus far. Yeah, we want to hear from the ladies. So I don't want to. I don't want to present another heterosexual white man on the show. Man, just, just, just a whole bunch of misogyny, bro. man. I'm just, I'm over it. We're not I about it. We're not about it. I won't platform white men anymore, no. Brad. We're going to lift up our queens. <laughs> Don't laugh at it because then, then it comes across bad. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Again, Brad leads me down the little yellow red, yellow red road, and just leaves me there. <laughs> the yellow red road. You said that you have a lot of notes. What? What is it? Wednesday, April twenty-two. Yeah, it was, right a, on. It was a busy seven Happy days. Happy Hump bro. Day, Tots. Yeah. Um, By the way, okay. There is another weekly catch-up podcast, and catch-up is spelled like ketchup, and the bio is. Hey guys, we get together once a week and talk about condiments that we that we like sexually. Huh. Whoa! Like, what? That's wild. They don't have near the following we do. Absolutely not. If you Google weekly catch up podcast with any variation, you know hyphen, no hyphen, whatever, uh, we're like the first two pages because you got to think about it. Like this is episode twenty nine. Thanks, Tots. Yeah, we're man. Thirteen uh, countries. How many days do we have under our belt, dude? Funny you should ask. Um, I hadn't busted out our metrics spreadsheet in quite some time, and I did today. Okay, and I found out that we surpassed the two-day mark. Let's go! Forty-eight like, hours. Yeah. Well, we did that an episode or two ago, so oh, okay. it's just kind of crazy that you could like get off for the weekend on a Friday, 
and listen to nothing but original content from our voices until Sunday night. You could take a road trip and still not be done by the time you get back, potentially. Isn't that weird? Like compounding, you know, uh, values, you know, you, you keep adding to something. I think the real one of the the points that Rogan has always made to people starting podcasts is just that you need to be consistent with it. Yeah. You, like you need to churn them out on some sort of cyclical schedule. And I think that we do that. And I think the name and all of that was just kind of a fluke that this format has kind of, you know, been interesting. But I'm really glad that we are bringing in these additional like listener snippets because yes. You know, even me as a listener, like I'm, I get sick of listening to just us. Yeah. Especially what when do we, we know? think we're cute, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Cer- certain episodes I listen to with just such shame. Like <laughs> the first listen, I'll be like, this is so funny. Like yeah. two episodes ago, I laughed out loud multiple occasions. And then this last one, I was like, who do we think we are? Exactly. Yeah. Like a, a comment Michael had said s- stuck out to me where he was like, you're no T-Fat case. <laughs> he was like, you're not Brian Callen. Yeah. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> I was like, that's all I want to be. No, you don't got to be the next Brian Callen. You're going to be the first Carson Gibbons. Yeah, yeah, No, that's the real intention. But the thing that I realized is that, you know, we still make our living from other things than this. We're not free yeah. yet. Like, what could we discuss? You know, what do we discuss before and after the podcast that we could have on the podcast if you didn't collect a paycheck from Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventists? Yeah, we might rewrite the script a little bit. Speaking of rewriting the script, I saw some tweets from you this week. Um, <laughs> something about a Zoom. You, you were say, you were putting out like a cautionary tale message or PSA on Twitter about uh, uh, pay. Uh, and- of all of the... All of the um- so I tweeted out to my peers, if you are a an employee of the Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, then you should uh, tune in to the Zoom town hall meeting that they had yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And um, Town hall for the conference? Like- yeah, for like all of its employees. And um, I had heard rumors that if... Um, if this COVID quarantine thing continues for a while, then they could look into, um, you know, getting rid of many employees and also uh, cutting cutting people's really? salaries. And so, and cutting salary, oh, like they're mm-hmm. doing both. <laughs> yeah, man, you get both, folks. <laughs> yeah. And so, before we dive into this, I just want to say. Hey, if you're listening <laughs> and you're affiliated at all with the Texas Conference, um, <laughs> wow, this must be bad. <laughs> I, it's just really frustrating, and so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig a little. I uh, recently we gained a, a our weekly catch up Twitter handle gained um, our boy Devin Devin Grady, who's a pastor, one of the pastors over at uh, the Keene Church. Oh wow! Over what? What vertical? Um, to be honest, I can't remember which ministry he's he's working on at the moment. But it's crazy um, thinking that Devin Grady is old enough. Yeah, to I mean, be I, like I just think of him pastor. as as my boy. Um, is it weird that we look around and like now thirty eight year olds are like, oh, they're they're young, they're they're pure. You know what I mean? Like, he's the pastor for media. Oh, the, that makes the, sense. He yeah, was yeah. in my comms program. Right. He was always up in. I used to do that um, way back in the day. I used to get to go up in the uh, the film editing 
pit and all that. And that was always fun. Yeah. Um, and anyway, he, we gained a follower through him. And so if he hears this, I am going to talk a little bit about one of the trips that the Texas conference allowed. And this is not a dig at any like pastors or anything. It's a dig at what the Texas conference paid for whenever they didn't have sufficient funds. So that's the only like really, that's the only really, um, uh, okay, man, get to talk. it. Like, what are you doing here? We gained a follower through Devin. Does Devin listen to the show or no? I don't know. Does he follow know. us so, on Twitter? So I, yeah. Okay. So, but we gained a follower through Devin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He is the follower that I'm talking about. Okay. And so I just want to say like, Hey, you know, whenever so you, I start talking about this, confirming that Texas SDA conference employees do listen and or follow the show in some general way. Mm-hmm. And you're about to tell us what happened on this zoom call. Like, Quit yeah, around so the bush. What's going on? So first of all, I'm I'm upset at that they limited the group to only a hundred members. So only they're on the free version. <laughs> no, like we've been CTA has been doing week of prayer and we've had 140 students on at one time. And the Texas conference sets it sets the limit for a hundred, which is just ridiculous. Like this is for all of the Seventh-day Adventist schools within the Texas conference. There's clearly going to be more than a hundred people wanting to tune in. Um, so that rubbed me the wrong way off the bat. Uh, I'm, I was chilling. But, but you made it in, you made the cut. No. Oh, I, my stepmom did. Cause she is a member of the Texas conference. My dad called me and put his phone up to their speaker. And I listened through his phone call. Dude, how inappropriate already that you yes. are not, in, you went on technology trip. Who I, are these people? That's what I'm saying. If, if, a technology trip person had set up the zoom it would have included more than a hundred participants but that sounds to me like selective information yeah and so then they get into this spiel about how there's going to be three tiers right and the first tier starts may 1st 2nd june 1st 3rd july 1st and if the quarantine continues you know it's just going to keep going to these next tiers and there's going to be more cuts um depending on which tier you're in so they're going to start off by um, letting go of a few of the Texas conference members and then a few, um, I guess, I don't know. They're not like full-time pastors, but they're people that have been traveling around and kind of doing like uh, mission work and stuff. And they're going to be cutting them. And then the second one, you know, it's going to be more employees. And then the third one is the one that I, that pertains to me really is whenever they start talking about what well, we need to look at the amount of teachers within the school and um, we may be cutting 20 to, and then if it gets worse up to 50% of the teacher salaries, which I don't 50%. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Now leftover teachers. Now I will say, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I do not think it will. I definitely don't think it will get that bad, but the fact that it was even said um, made me feel a type of way. Um, Yeah. And so all of these cuts are happening because, you know, the Texas conference, they also, um, the president was saying that they misjudged in the amount of people that they hired for the conference and that they just now found out that there's not sufficient funds. Um, <laughs> last year they sent, they overdraft and th- this account. is the part that I was talking about that I'm like a little, uh, just uneasy talking about. Cause I don't want it to feel like I'm sending shots to the pastors at all, but the Texas conference allowed all of the pastors and their spouses to take a trip to Israel 
and like show all of them around. Um, <laughs> They're like, this is where the story that you're really good at started. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so why is that happening whenever we couldn't even last like two months into a vi- like, yeah, that really, uh, that really rubbed me the wrong it's way. Because they're closer to God than you are, bro. They're okay, ordained. that's fantastic. I'm not saying, oh, we should have gone, and I'm not, and I'm not. Did you want them to run this like a business with a profit and loss yeah, statement? What was I thinking, man? You wanted them to be in Excel. They called it. They called their overhiring wishful thinking. Oh, that's flippant. Yeah. Man, and then they use the coronavirus as a scapegoat for I, their problems. Thank you. So I was thinking, like, coronavirus came along, and they were like, "Finally, an yeah. excuse to," because basically they're coming out and they're like, "We're sorry, folks, but Adventism isn't selling anymore. We're gonna have to <laughs> yeah. shutter the doors." Yeah, it's like the Circuit City of <laughs> of Protestant Christianity. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's only a million of them. Uh, domestically here in North America. And apparently there's like 15, 16 times that worldwide. Like Mm. this is a very African denomination. This is a very Asian denomination. I thought we were talking about circuit city at first. No, I was like, like, Oh, circuit city is nothing anymore. It's a dream. Right. Um, But what I'm saying is that even I compare stories of going to Southwestern, for instance, with like my cousin Scott or my parents and their reality, their experience was far different than ours where, Mm -hmm. you know, I've even heard, here's a must heard. I'll put the, the conference on blast. I heard from a highly influential preacher man, okay, the most influential preacher man in the Texas system, that he has been soliciting Southwestern Adventist University for its full-time enrollment numbers. Mm-hmm. And that uh, essentially the, the church and the conference and whoever, they subsidize Southwestern Adventist University based on a full-time student headcount and they haven't been able to get a straight answer from them on what headcount actually looks like and it's like okay because i was making the point you know my cousin scott was there and he talks about it in this this different light he's like man there were like hot girls and parties and all that and i was like man where did you go to school i was (laughs) like i don't remember that i remember the praise team like lacking talent <laughs> and then they were not good at singing either. <laughs> no, my main point being, I don't remember that place crawling with hot girls and athletes and parties and fun stuff like that. Um, and he went there back when they had like a, some sort of divisional sports program hmm. enrollment was somewhere between 12 and 1700. And I'm like, yeah, by the time we got there, I definitely feel like it was hovering somewhere in the 500 545 is yeah. the number that sticks out to me. And I think that was like all in because when, when it came down to like living in Cyril Miller Hall or whatever and seeing like real on campus life and the same people in the calf and in the dorm and at sports like that number was even way smaller because you yeah. had so many commuter students to that nursing school. So many village kids. Dude, as a fr- as an incoming freshman, whenever you go to like the handshake with all these activities and, you know, you're meeting a bunch of different people it like the next day it it's just completely dead um <laughs> yeah it, it's just like you, your first day there you're like oh man like this is gonna be amazing and then the next day it's like hello 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 yeah. i remember going to that handshake thing and just being like man there are a lot of strange losers that go here well, like uh, yeah. not to put ozark on blast but that class was uber weird like 
I remember walking past these guys and they were like, we don't have to be back here till 11, guys. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, where am I? Uh, so let's go back to the situation. Yeah, I also want to say, I want to add one more thing that I had forgotten. They're, so they also typically set aside $2 million um, to help with subsidy for incoming students, meaning like this is some money like if uh, students were hurting financially, but they they got good grades or something, you know, they would be rewarded with a, you know, certain scholarship um, and the money would be provided by the Texas conference. Well, now they're cutting that in half. So now they're only using a million and they're using the other million to like help buffer the money that they're, that they don't have. They're using the other million to operate is yeah. what they're saying. But when you think about it, how many students does CTA have? Um, I don't know, man. Is it? Is how do you not know that? Like, if you had to ballpark it, uh, maybe four hundred. Oh wow! Okay, that's a it's maybe. Almost, it's almost as big as Swahoo. <laughs> oh wait, sorry. Oh wait, I thought you were talking about the university. No, I'm I, talking about CTA. Okay. Oh no, CTA has a hundred and forty, uh, like hundred forty three students or something like I, that. I wouldn't put you on blast for not knowing Swahoo's. Oh yeah, You're sorry. Mister Ad. Well, that's what I. That's the subsidy that I'm talking about that they cut, not for our right. school. I was okay. moving past that because I got, got I got that point okay. and confirmed it and. Sweet. Made a joke about it and was ready to move on. Okay. Um, I was going back to your situation. Yeah, we're, how many students? So like one, I think one forty-three. How much does it cost to go to school there? Uh, a, like a semester. I, if you tell me any increment, <laughs> I'll figure out the units. Like, <laughs> you can give it to me monthly. You could give it to me annually. You could do Dude, whatever. I don't know, to be honest, and I don't want to. I don't want to give false information, so let's see. Do you have any idea, like a ballpark or anything? Well, I mean, if you continue talking about other stuff, I can I can give you a straight answer. Okay. Well, let's say that it was um, what if it was a thousand dollars a month per head, that would be ten thousand dollars a year times one hundred and forty. That's 1.4 million. Mm -hmm. How many FTEs do you have? Here, there you go. There's a there's a list. Oh wow. Okay, hold on. 6580 in annual tuition. Holy crap. I love how they charge the non-SDAs more. They're like, to get this truth, it's gonna cost you more. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, that's, you're not going to learn that Sunday goers are going to burn unless you pay us a little more. We have a lot of talking points. We can get, we can go down that rabbit hole another day, buddy. Um, yeah, you're not in the club. You didn't agree to not sell sell smokes or drinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so in in faith, uh, if you're in the denomination, it costs roughly sixty five hundred dollars annually, times one hundred and forty. That's $910,000 a year. How many full-time employees do you have? Um, I think like 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we don't have a lot. Full-time? Shoot, dude. I almost swore there. Um, <laughs> even when you break that down, if you do 910000 divided by 13, it's only $70,000, which means that I know that you need to have like at least two and a half times revenue per employee, mm -hmm. like total burden. And so if you're making, I have no idea what you make. 
but humor me here. I know you don't make like, you know, $300,000 a year. I know you don't make $30,000 a year. Right. So let's just say for grins and giggles, even if you made 50 grand a year, Mm -hmm. your overall burden to the school when it comes to like benefits, insurance, all of these different things, your overall burden might represent more like 75 to them, which means that they're already losing like this. This doesn't even pay the light bill or the taxes on the property or maintenance or anything. right? Right. So how are they doing that? Like tithe, bro. Well, but I've also heard from treasurers at, you know, the conference level that the percentage of faithful pew goers on a weekly basis that actually pay tithe is really small. Yeah. So like my main point is, you know, they laid off the missions people. (laughs) Well, and yesterday they were also talking like, hey, and if we can. So I guess there's been like a 2% decrease. And so uh, in tithe uh, since Corona hit. Um and that's why they're also making cuts. And they were basically like, you know, if people st- stop tithing, like we're going to have to make more cuts. And so it's kind of like this almost guilt trip type of thing, I feel. Um, but then they also said there was like 75 churches unaccounted for, like they haven't collected their tithe yet. So I'm like, why would you crunch these numbers and tell us all of this before you've even seen how much the other churches have brought in? <laughs> they might think those churches might tank the metrics or something. I guess. You know? but Plus, I, it, I feel like the the church has never had more of an issue in this day and age uh, versus historically of maintaining uniformity of thought and practice globally like or even domestically because globally you know north american conference is way off from like the rest of the conferences and i know that with i think it was women ordination and some of these different hot topics in the faith that i think that the north american conference they're the the big swing and dong of, you know, tithe holders. Mm-hmm. So if North America isn't subsidizing the rest of the world is what I've heard, you yeah. know, there could be like a split there, but you've also heard about these churches that have gone rogue in like California and these different places because they're like, we believe that women are created equal with men yeah. and that they could have just as close a relationship with Christ as the men could. Sure. And I love rubbing it into adventists who are like progressive but tote the company line when i'm like oh isn't it funny how like you just can't get as close to god because you're a woman (laughs) like (laughs) i just love rubbing it in (laughs) yeah i can see you doing that (laughs) the contrarian um I'll, i'll also say like another huge problem is that we've planted way too many smaller churches um whenever you know they should have just hired a few extra people for these larger churches and kind of added on to them um. Yeah, that was a very that makes Democrat statement. You're like, keep it at the federal level, add resources out of the big boxes. Like the reason why people start their own churches is because either they need to be around uh, similar people in terms of like language and different, like, you know, the Brazilian churches, yeah. the Hispanic churches, the Asian churches here in America are flourishing in many sure. ways. But you, you also have the people that need to be around people that look like them or speak like them, but then also similar in thought or style. Okay. So what if we have like five small churches that are mostly white? Well, what about that? Are they clan members? No, I'm saying like you, you're saying that we need multiple small churches like to reach different demographics. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm just saying, saying that's how that happens. I know, but I'm saying what if these churches are pulling in the same demographic, then I got an idea. 
what if you got together on the weekend to worship with like-minded people and you just didn't have to bring money into it? Okay. <laughs> like where two or three are gathered there, the Lord is also. So just go to somebody's house or, you know, commonly pull funds to rent a building to host your ceremony, your ritual, and go perform your ritual and go home. But like, why do we need to circulate cash here and then circulate cash up to the big boss and then send it to the worldwide bosses? Like, what's going on here? Why do, why do we have to be a franchise of something? Why do you have to be a franchisee of Chick-fil-A if you can make good chicken and just launch it as, here's our chicken? Yeah, if we also want to get into it, we can talk about the Texas, like there's a union uh a union building and then also a conference building staffed with different employees. Like why is there not just one Texas conference? Like why do we have a union office? Well, what administration is required to spread the new good news of Jesus? You know, I understand that we have ADRA, we have our Mm -hmm. hospital systems. There's a lot of good things that come out of these religious organizations uh, being tax havens and, you know, the Methodists have a huge healthcare system. We have a huge healthcare system. The Catholics do as well. Mm-hmm. They've had their other share of issues. <laughs> 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 They're pick, pack and ship. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you don't know what we're talking about, spotlight is on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Starring Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> In case you need a little bit more <laughs> incentives. <laughs> You'll be horrified if you go to it thinking, this is going to be sexy. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo is in it. What a steamy flick. <laughs> nah, he's, he's, he plays a good guy. So My main point is that I'm not disparaging all funds being pooled and you know used by like-minded people for good sure. practices. At the same time, if you want to go start a little church, like, I don't know. That, I've always had issues... I don't want to get all into this faith stuff, this this go round today mm-hmm. yeah. for me. But at the same time, the fact that people spin off new churches is flagrantly interesting to me. And I've been a part of a family that has done that in the past. I was we we split off from the Richardson Seventh Day Adventist Church back in maybe two thousand mm-hmm. something like that. I was maybe eight or ten years old, and the church that I grew up in, Metro North SDA, which became uh mosaic christian fellowship sda yeah um up in fairview we planted that i was at work bees all growing up like hosting vacation bible school like i was in that life and at the same time when you think back it's like you just had to leave your own mark huh like you couldn't just come darken this pew what was wrong with this one was it geographically based Hmm. you wanted to worship with your friends like is this a club is this a social club with an a good altruistic uh, goal um, and, and why the need to pull all these resources and have this ivory tower of administrators that are making these decisions about which if it's all crucial to advancing the Lord's mission it's got to be difficult when it comes to budget cuts to decide like what what are you really banking on because it's funny how they cut salvation they're like okay we can't evangelize as hard we want to retain our teachers for our in-faith kids no like you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, for sure. So what is this? Have they already laid off colleagues of yours? Uh, they said f- tier one begins May 1st. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, so they'll be let go next week. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's by Wednesday. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I just find it so weird that they announced that to all of us instead of talking about talking to the people that 
they're gonna like go first i don't know wait do you are you saying that these pastors aren't good businessmen <laughs> no uh, it's not the pastors it's not the it's not the pastors it's the texas conference that's the whole point that i'm trying to make is i'm not Who's throwing... comprised of pastors those are pastors in administrative roles in executive roles that's okay, why that's we fair. like the new swahu president because he came from outside the faith he's a hustler fundraiser that is sharp-tongued all right shout out fair. to that dude yeah Okay. Um, Dr. Kim I, I see Chung. what you're saying, though. I'm saying that why are there a bunch of religion professors and pastors that end up forming the corporate side of the faith and the front office? Uh, it's all about who you know. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Well, so what are you thinking? They're just going to cut the boomers that are already about to go out? or Yeah, they're trying to incentivize the people that have already put in their years and are eligible for retirement. They're trying to incentivize them first and then move on from there. So do you have a like a lifetime employment package with the conference that if you do so many years, they have some sort of pension yeah. or really? Mm -hmm. Okay. How many years do you have to do to get a pension? Uh, I don't know. I can report back on that later. So because you've split time between three or four different Adventist schools in different uh, states. That's fine. Like my years North of American service. Conference yes. If I were to leave that the Adventist, you know, circle and go work for like a public school or a different uh, privatized school, then my years of service like in those schools would not count, if that makes sense. For sure, for sure. Um, it's going to be difficult for this denomination's scholastic system to retain you long term, just because at well, some point... If yeah, they, if they're talking 50% budget cuts. <laughs> well, was that at a minimum or was that at the most extreme? That's like, that's the most extreme. And... Why do they say if Corona, I feel like we've been discussing this as if coronavirus is still raging on and it is, but at the same time, I think we can all agree that mentally and emotionally this week feels like a definite turning point. Like states are reopening. Sure. Beaches in Florida are filled with nasty Floridians. Which is another reason why I'm a little riled up at us receiving this information yesterday whenever they're also, I mean, they're keeping up with the news. They know what's going on and for them to still say that. I think it's, I think the Texas conference is more, even more un, um, uh, I don't know. They, they don't have as much money as, as even they're saying, I don't know. They're hiding financial impropriety. In yeah. I, I think they're hurting more financially than even they're letting on, even though they're saying like things aren't the greatest. Well, yeah, you've got to expect that. If for-profit businesses that deliver a real good or service, like, I, I hate to be like this, okay, everybody's got a product. Their product is socialization around the idea of salvation. Yeah. You know, we provide this brick and mortar on a weekly basis and access to this network and these resources. Right. And all that's optional. All that comes out of discretionary spending power. Once you've paid your light bill, once you, you know, bought your can of Worthington, veggie meat, you know, feed mm -hmm. your family, Maslow's hierarchy. Oh. So religion is like in the uh, emotional and spiritual and self-actualization phases of that pyramid. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's difficult to focus on worship whenever you're starving. Yeah. Um, so if people's livelihoods are being cut and businesses that delivered a real service or good like food or cleaning or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. if those are going out of business and they're unable to operate, you can't tithe a zero salary. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, uh, domino effect maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. But I also do think that with some of these core tenant issues, the, the conference has probably been in, in jeopardy for quite some time, especially the Adventist education, uh, the, the need to go from K through 12 to college in the Adventist system has evaporated. Yeah. It's something that I've reflected on with my parents in that, you know, I was asking them the other day, <clears throat> um, and, and shout out to them for this, you know, really collaborative conversation where I'm old enough now that I was able to kind of say like, Hey guys, you know, I'm not making any, I'm not uh, waltzing around the bush or beating around the bush or anything like that. Like you guys know that I don't attend a, an Adventist, uh, church routinely. Um, I have not dated Adventist girls since college, you know, mm -hmm. I have not led the lifestyle. Are you disappointed? And is it funny to you? Like I view college as a place to go expand your cultural horizons, your educational standards, like learn new things and be prepared for the calling that you're going to go into. Sure. So the fact that I didn't feel like Swahoo prepared me very well for the calling that I was going to go into and didn't really provide the, the longer term network, um, you know, shout out to all the people that I still have from Swahoo in those mm -hmm. different days because I treasure those people. But, you know, I don't encounter them every day in business per se. Yeah. Um, so given all that, I was like, are you guys disappointed in me or like in my choices or in the way this turned out? And it was funny because my dad actually kind of copped to, he was like, I don't get it. He's like, we sent you guys to Adventist college and neither of y'all go to Adventist <laughs> church now. And he's like, all the people that went to public universities see him every week at church. Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Right. What's the deal with forced religion? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was a, it was a really great conversation. Um, yeah. But I do feel like, you know, just like I was comparing the experience that our parents had at Southwestern or even my cousin who is younger than my parents, for instance, but older than me and how it's trickled down to like what it is today, which is, you know, Adventist college is not viewed as a competitive decision for competitive people in a competitive market. It's more, I literally heard a kid in an applied PR and advertising class at Southwestern say, I'm not, I don't think that the Lord would have us be doing this. This is too competitive. Yeah. And I was like, yo, bro, come on. Yeah. He's currently up to nothing. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Makes a lot of Facebook live videos. <laughs> That's great. Um, the, the last kind of point that I want to make, um, as far as like the Texas, whole Texas conference thing goes, is that. I feel like the teachers and the education system within the Texas conference is sorely um, undervalued. Like I, I think they put a lot of money and hope and prayer, what you know, whatever behind the, the churches a lot more than they do the schools. When in actuality, I think the schools help bring in a lot of those members. Um, and, uh, just as a teacher, you know, working within the system for the past five years, um, it, it seems like a lot of times our schools are really uh, short-sighted or, or their views on us are really short-sighted. Well, it's interesting that you're claiming you have a lot of the, the marketing and sales pull 
for bringing people into the denomination or into a more routine relationship with exchanging cash with the denomination and the North American Conference. It sounds like pastors think that they're the big, the the big swinging um, dude in the situation, and you're saying that teachers account for more of the new revenue and new business for the faith than personally, they think. Personally, yeah. So, is this going to be awkward if you come back and report that you're like, well, hey, I was retained, but are you going to share like I took a fifty percent pay cut? Is that even feasible to retain you? Um, fifteen mainly, and I will say that. That says a lot about Chisholm Trail Academy and my staff and my students um, because I love my job there. Um, I love the families. I, you know, life is great. This is just despite this quarantine crap, like this is <laughs> this has been my favorite year of teaching. Um, and so I wouldn't just all willy nilly up and quit. Um, it'd be it'd have to be something that I would consider and I'd have to look at what my salary would be after all the cuts and everything. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, just, a, just as somebody who needs to, needs to feed himself and who's looking to, you know, buy a house and, and move on with my life. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need, I'm going to need some. You're going to need to be <laughs> remunerated for your, yeah, for your output I, I, of effort. Like, I mean, this is my mission work, but I, I'm I'm also not doing it for free. Pay me for my mission. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I can I can be a role model and a mentor somewhere that's that's paying me. You know. Yeah, and sometimes I think that maybe your mark on society and humans would be even more pervasive at a public school level or at a different type of level. Again. There's no telling what's going to happen here because for all you know, you might be YouTube's number one stream teacher in 2025. Think about that for a second. I mean, yeah, I see that happening. <laughs> You're like, hey, kids. <laughs> so today, <laughs> six by nine is here to teach us about. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I listen to this episode after it's uploaded, that's going to be the part where I cringe. <laughs> that's okay. going to be the cutesy part that we were talking about at the beginning. I think we're doing great, buddy. <laughs> I think this is a very informed conversation. We're bringing you Adventist news, folks. Yeah. And uh, again, I just want to reiterate that that was not a shot at the pastors or anything. If I was offered a free trip to Israel, I would, I would be going too. So I just think it was short-sightedness on the Texas conference parts to, to say that, you know, that, that they had, that they had the funds to do that whenever they didn't. That's hmm. all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shade, shade to them. Yeah. Shade, man. Do better. But you know, Google for, spreadsheets, but thanks for employing me. Google.com slash spreadsheets. Look it up. Yeah. That might be the URL. And if anybody, and if like anybody's listening to this that knows more about it and, you know, thinks that I'm completely off base, please educate me because. Yeah. If you're a pastor, like create an audio snippet so we can roast you. No. (laughs) So (laughs) Carson might, (laughs) but. Man, I played golf. Did I tell you I played golf with an Adventist pastor the other day? You did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We always make fun of him now um, because he was so world-class at golf. And so whenever we make a great shot, we're like, wonder what Pastor Phil would say about that shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're super immature. (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, that's that's my little spiel on that. Right on. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, I got an idea. Okay. Let's go to the phones for our first uh, caller in. We got an Adventist teacher. Oh. 
who does not teach at an Adventist school. Oh. She teaches in the Catholic school system. Yes. Close friend of the show. Are we Put talking your about, hands together are we talking for about checkers here? Megan Checkers Pacheco. All right. Here she is. Hi, my name is Megan Pacheco. Um, I am a third grade teacher at a private Catholic school in Southeast Dallas, and I have known Brad and Carson forever, it seems. We all grew up Seventh-day Adventists together, so we've definitely had a lot of crossover in the church world, and they're just two of my oldest guy friends, and I love them very much, so I'm super excited to be doing this. Um, under the current circumstances, of course, I'm recording from afar. Uh, this distancing thing sucks. Uh, I am dying because, as everyone knows, I'm a very social person. So it's kind of been killing me that I can't go out and do all the things I love to do. Uh, just kind of been spending a lot of time with my boyfriend. We we go back and forth from my place to his place. We cook a lot of dinner. and We both love to cook. And that's about it. We also play Trivial Pursuit, and he kicks my butt every time. So that's frustrating. <laughs> um, so with being a teacher and having to do e-learning these days, what I have found is that it is awful, and I hate it. <laughs> Um, it's very overwhelming for younger students. These platforms that, that some schools are using like mine to teach online are just meant for older kids. And my third graders who are eight and nine years old, it's just really tough on them. They are having trouble grasping the concepts. I can't be with them in the classroom to, to write then and there, be able to answer a question. You know, it's a lot of emailing and chatting back and forth and I have to do zoom calls every day and it's just not the same. It's just not. And I understand every teacher is having to go through this and we're just not going to get the type of quality education that um, we expected to get. All teachers that have to work in the fall are going to be dealing, and this is globally, everyone's going to have to be dealing with kids who are behind and not where they should have been. So if my third graders are going to fourth grade, they're going to be starting out really low. And that's just the fact of the matter. So I, I have found that the way I deal with it is I just don't really assign much. Uh, it's very overwhelming to have to grade every single little thing that comes in this way. Whereas in the classroom, I could just sit there at my desk and grade some multiplication worksheets really quickly. Um, so I try to just take it as easy on them as possible. Um, in terms of the upcoming election, anyone who knows me knows that I'm I'm not very political. I'm, I'm largely apolitical. Uh, but with the current president that we have, I... I would go ahead and say I'm, I'm definitely in support of Biden. You know, his wife is a teacher, and I really support that. I think he understands that we lack a lot of resources that we really need to be able to do this kind of thing, to be able to provide quality education. We are underpaid. Um, and I think he's supposed to see to it that the existing public service loan forgiveness program is fixed so that we can actually pay off our student loans, you know, without sacrificing our way of life. And I just really respect that. Um Again, I'm, I'm not the best person to ask on this kind of stuff. It's not my thing. But that's just kind of who, uh, I mean, that's who I voted for in the primaries anyway. So I, um, I'm hoping something gets done. I know not a lot of people are focusing on politics right now with just trying to stay alive. Um, but I'm just hoping everything goes back to normal sooner rather than later. Um, I really miss my friends. I miss my family. And I miss you guys. So, um, anyway, that's just a little about me. I hope this helps and thanks for having me. Love you guys. Bye. Checkers. Big shout out to Megan Checkers Pacheco. So good to hear your voice. So there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, shout out Megan. 
love you for making that snippet for us. Yeah, I love you um, always. She is a she's a longtime listener. Um, I famously remember K Bay getting in the car from the airport, and mm. she was like, "Who's this on this podcast? <laughs> Who's on Snapchat right now?" And Checkers goes, "That's Carson and Brad." Hey. So, and K Bay told me that story, so I know there was no lies there. But mm. anyway, I I have multiple reactions to to that uh first of all i've shared her viewpoint and wondered if it was true uh prior to listening to that that kids are going to be behind oh yeah you know like especially at the more she's at a more formational age in certain ways uh not that's not the right way to say it but again it's the disparity between you're in high school and she's teaching like it's their more formative years yeah okay Mm -hmm. is that an appropriate sure okay um so you agree that kids are going to be behind yeah yeah absolutely do you think it, it translates to the high school level as well um i would say they're just not being exposed to again like she was kind of saying as much work i feel like we're going over uh the same amount of topics that we would have but at like i guess a more surface level content area i don't know um, one reason for me behind that is, you know, I'm, and it's, it could be different for her. Like I'm dealing with high schoolers who are constantly like have their phones off camera and they're not really listening or paying attention. And, um, some of them are just strolling into my 1030 class, like 30 minutes into it because they just woke up. Uh, like, you know, the high school students, their, their parents are holding them less accountable. Like they're trying to let them do their own thing. Um, and I think that's really been hurting my students. So I feel like we are both dealing with pros and cons, but, um, in different ways. Okay. We'll come back to her. How you bring up something I want to dig into. Sure. How are you doing attendance virtually? Like how is a child allowed to enter 30 minutes late? Uh, well, if they're, if they're 30 minutes late, I count them as absent where I'm still taking role. So what happened? What, what, will you fail somebody virtually for sure? Wouldn't it be hilarious if you didn't graduate because you failed because you didn't attend virtual? I've school? made I've made phone calls saying that hey, even you know I care about you, I love you, even though we're cool. Like that doesn't mean I'm just going to pass you. Right. This is a this is a senior who is in a senior class and a sophomore class. Um, <laughs> How'd that happen? They didn't pass the sophomore class. Um, so they just get to do it years later. Well, you have to get the credit in order to graduate. Jeez, and they're still trying. Well, they didn't take it their junior year. So Isaac, second, get it together, man. Not, not, <laughs> not Isaac, not Isaac. Shout out Isaac. My sister said that that was by far the funniest, best guest or interview <laughs> or snippet or anything Aww. that we'd ever had. She greatly enjoyed that part. That's good. Um, but yeah, like I, I called this student. And I was like, hey, I got love for you. But if you're not showing up and you're not turning in work, you're not going to pass this class and you're not going to get a diploma. So you're going to be taking summer school. Yeah. You're gonna have to tithe more to get that piece of yeah, paper. So no, I, I'm still taking roll. I, I, right on. I log in on my computer. You know, if about the 20 minute mark, um, if they show up 20 minutes late, they're for sure like getting extra work. Yeah, hands down. Like that's crazy. Yeah, they miss my opening points, so they have to do the work that they miss. Well, I, I think that I'd referenced checkers a couple of weeks ago when it, I was just saying that one of our teacher friends was like, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to assign him much. And I was kind of giggling about that. Mm-hmm. But when I hear her discuss things, it makes total sense to me. And she brings up another point that 
I have a lot of schools that come through my pipeline at work mm-hmm. and I'll ask them, some of them have asked for recognition software for their students to utilize oh. in this remote learning time period. And I'm like asking about these um, technology stacks that these students have access to. And some of these teachers or administrators are saying, well, we're a one-to-one school. So we sent our kindergartners home with deployed iPads with connected applications. And our kindergartners, I heard this the other day, they're using Microsoft Teams. And I was Mm -hmm. like, excuse me? Like, I just pictured like a bunch of little babies in tuxedos sitting around like, you know, a table like, uh, let me call in, you know, (laughs) right? can you mute? I just didn't even understand it. So the fact that she said that some of her kids learning is impaired by the fact that just the technology gap that's there. Yeah. um, That makes complete sense to me. You know, I could see your kids being more in tune with technology, being able to submit paperwork online. But I definitely remember those formational grade school years is like you move from multiplication tables to like cutting out this thing in arts and crafts to, Mm -hmm. you know, running around in the jungle gym. Like it's still very, (laughs) Right. You're marrying your physical and emotional and mental worlds together at that age. Yes. So how do you do that via Zoom? And how do you enforce a five-year-old or an eight-year-old getting on Zoom? Dude. That's totally contingent on parents. Yes. So anyway, she's got an uphill battle there. I think that I just found value in her viewpoint from that. For sure. Um, a, a good perspective. And then moving forward to the political side of things, I loved... I loved what she had to say because I'd specifically put the the PSA out there. Mm-hmm. Like if you are going for Biden, like as original inspiration, yeah. I want to know why. why. And she's voting her interests. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. Dementia or not, his <laughs> wife is a teacher. And yeah. if he she she referenced specific, you know, subsidizations, loan forgiveness programs, funding for teachers, which we all agree. We all know teachers go out of pocket for their classrooms, you know, and that's wrong. Right. We need to pay them more. Um, You could argue that the more better teachers are out there, the fewer losers we have in society. The fewer people fall through the cracks. I won't argue with you there. So, uh, you know, she's she's voting for a contender. So and she has real reasons for doing it and is blunt about that. So I've got nothing but respect for that. Yeah, she swayed me. Yeah. You going (laughs) to vote Biden? (laughs) I mean... This is, she's already given me some good reasons. So what I'm hearing is that Brad and Checkers are voting for Jill Biden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not sure if she'll be able to read a, a book to the kids as well as Ivanka, but... <laughs> oh, Ivanka could read anything to me. <laughs> no, no. She could read Get me out a of here with her, with her Joe Exotic haircut. <laughs> Ivanka Trump? Are you sitting here telling me that she is not a sexy dime? Whoa, 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 whoa. She's rough, dude. Ruh, wait, what are we talking about? She is not fine. Okay, what? Ivanka Trump is hot. I, I uh, can see why people would think that, but I just... Oh, wow. But Keep in mind, folks, this guy thinks that Julianne Moore is a looker, so... <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> Gross, man. Nah, nah. Dude, Ivanka Trump is put together chic she's you could hate her dad but she's a sexy woman okay and uh, according to my mother and sister uh jared's a looker they think that he's a hot Hmm. piece of man meat interesting okay brad's not swayed that's so interesting yeah just i think she's a looker for sure Mm. especially she's gotten older she used to have too much of her dad's mouth or kind of a weird (laughs) 
<laughs> looked like she had a binky in all the time, and, <laughs> you know, just a little pout. But now she's she looks phenomenal, dude. Oh, oh hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, Ivanka's hot. I, I'm thinking, what's the what's the wife's name? Melania. Melania. That sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> that's why i said reading to the kids because melania was reading to the kids okay so you've been having a conversation about somebody else this entire time yeah that's i agree bad. yeah melania should never open her mouth yeah joe like, exotic haircut right uh okay <laughs> man i'm never gonna unsee this now i, I was like I, I can't believe that you're throwing yeah, my, dicks at ivanka my bad ivanka no is... ivanka's gorgeous okay yeah dude right. i was like what is going on um, no, Melania, Melania doesn't do it for me either. Okay. She's, she's sexy on paper. She's yeah. got a great body, especially for her age. She's way younger than him. She's very exotic looking. Uh, I don't, that's one of the things about it. it it's so counterintuitive for the GOP ticket to like run this guy. And then when she has to do like the first lady speech, she's like, you will come to our country and not be a bully. <laughs> like, it's like, Oh, what's going yeah, on here? Yeah. You know, she's no Laura Bush, right? She's no Michelle Obama. Correct. You know, you kind of want to hear Neither, it. Yeah. You want to hear it in your own dialect. You know, you want to hear it like, like an American would say it, Yeah. you know, of, of any skin color or creed, but yeah, English was not her first language and no. not even her second. I don't think. I just want to feel like the first lady is not learning those words for the first time along with the kids as she's reading them. Yeah. She's like, big dog, big cat. See, <laughs> yeah. spot, run. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were talking about not being uh, <laughs> what? Not being a type of way towards the ladies at the top of this, uh, <laughs> the top of the show. Not being a type of way. Um, Say what you mean, man. What are misogynistic, you trying to say? But I, How are we being misogynistic? We're not. I'm just saying it could lead there, man. We're saying speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so we're being racist. Yes, we're being racist against Eastern Europeans. Got it. <laughs> Somebody's going to take all, that soundbite. All the Hispanics and Asians, all of y'all come in. We oh. love, nothing but love, but if you're from Belarus, <laughs> stay away. I got issues. <laughs> oh. no, I'm joking. Um. Yeah, but thank I, you again. Dude. We haven't been misogynistic at all. And we've no. got nothing but Adventist female contributors to this particular Ooh, podcast. Look at us. You'll never guess the second one. I won't? No. Do I know this person? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think so. I don't hmm. know. We're connected somehow. Um, we'll get to that later. Okay. So um, what what were you about to talk about? Nothing. I was just, th I was just uh, thanking Checkers because that was cool. Oh, yeah. No, I really... Long-time listener. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Ooh. <laughs> um, no, she's awesome. It was good to hear from her. Um, I have not met the new boy toy um, since COVID hit, but okay. hopefully we'll be out of quarantine here soon and yeah. catch up over at Adair's or somewhere. Yeah, man. So wonder if wonder if her educational system will shrink at all like yours might. Who knows? I mean, I would assume that everything is kind of constricting in certain ways, but... Um, yeah. So are you ready to move on? Yeah. Do you want to go into one of your topics? Yeah, I can just briefly. I mean, we haven't even really gotten into like our, our past week. Well, yeah. What do you um, want to know? Uh, save two cats from my attic. Okay. How did cats get into your attic, Brad? That's a wonderful question. Still haven't found a hole. 
<laughs> it, whoa. How does that happen? I don't know. But my stepmom, like I heard uh, clawing, which I think like between my wall and the outside. And I told them about it. Didn't nothing really happened and then we heard meowing like a week later you're like mom dad i'd like to put in a maintenance request <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's live felines yeah. in the attic so i'm over at courtney's and uh my stepmom shelly messages me and says that hey we I, I went up into the attic and pulled out two kittens we there's no sign of the mom or anything and i tell courtney and courtney's like oh we'll take them and so we went and grabbed them and started feeding them and had them for about two weeks and we have loaned them out to some of her uh, friends of the family. And they have like two boys that are training the cat. Like, I don't know, not training, but like just taking care of the cats. Yeah. Okay. Um, feeding them. We had been feeding them like with uh, formula and like syringes. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, they were too young to like use the bottle. Um, That's adorable. Yeah, man. So that was fun. We also planted some, uh, like a garden, like a very small garden for Courtney's mom. Yeah. So we did this past weekend, planted some flowers and then also some veggies and, and fruit and, um, got to do that. Some yard That's work. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got some sun. Did the white picket fence need repainting at all? <laughs> Not yet, man. Did, uh, did Andy Griffith stop by with <laughs> leave it to beaver and say, <laughs> <laughs> gee golly whiz nope you're describing some domestication right yeah now. it was great also went to uh a very large park where it's very spread out and not confined and so we're not worrying about social distancing walked uh about six miles um with courtney got it was you know the sun's finally starting to come out so the weather's really nice and it's just nice to get out outside um after uh after those zoom sessions yeah um so a walk yeah, a garden yeah rescued just, some animals yeah um i'm assuming you wore plaid at some point during this no dude did you pack a picnic no just some just some under armor shorts and and a shirt totes adorbs oh we made breakfast together for her family yeah oh my gosh stop this is like <laughs> I a, knew you'd like that this is like a nancy grace movie or something yeah. like catch me on oxygen or nancy bro. myers i mean like yeah. what is this? The holiday? Did Jude Law get stranded for <laughs> the holiday? Take notes. We got your we got your next uh, lifetime lifetime movie. Yeah, seriously, it's like <laughs> I'm loving it, man. He's not into Christmas though. <laughs> <laughs> like business took him away from the yeah. town. <laughs> His flight is canceled back to the city. Yeah. What's he gonna do on that deadline? <laughs> I love how it's always a choice between true love and a deadline. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, real life is calling back in the city where money is. It's like, but you're going to miss your flight. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't. I'd rather miss my flight than miss my chance. Mm. <laughs> oh, Dang. I just came up with that one. Yeah. Um, cool. So great. You want to know about my week now? Hit me. Okay, cool. Uh, not a whole lot of gardening. Um, oh. I... Played a lot of golf. Yeah. Per the huge. Played pretty well on Sunday. Um, that was fun. Uh, this guy that we were playing with was really good. He he played from the black tees, which is like PGA status, like all the way back. Mm-hmm. And he he hit a drive on hole ten. And the the guys up ahead, it's a big par five straight ahead. They were like on their second or third shot, you know, nearing approach shot here. And apparently he hit into them. He didn't see them. They were 
kind of beyond a, a knoll, but he got a hold of this ball and drove it about 330, 350 yards. And so he, he starts laughing. So mm-hmm. he hits, the rest of us are starting to tee, tee mm-hmm. off and whatever. He just comes up laughing. I'm like, what's funny? He goes, well, apparently I hit into that group ahead of us. And so I watched him hit my ball into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so he just Whoops. took the club that he was about to hit his approach yeah. shot with and hit hit the guy's drive into the woods. Dang. So I was kind of like, no way. And he's like, well, he either did that or made it look like he did that. So we, we go up to the, uh, where the drives are. And sure enough, this guy had hit that guy's ball into the woods. And we've all been in a situation. I've been hit by a ball before Mm -hmm. from somebody's shot where they weren't given enough distance. You know, I I was walking up the hole in front of them, but, and I got pretty peeved. Uh, That one was more flagrant, but, in this type of situation, I was just like, wow, I can't believe that he hit it off into the woods, given the fact that it's not like we'd been buzzing them all day. Right. We'd had nine holes prior, never once encountered them, gotten close. So as a first offense, typically you would look back and see that it was the furthest tee and just be like, oh, wow, respect. That was a crazy drive. Yeah. I'm on my third shot. Not so with these folks. So we get up to, uh, there's a little clearing on the same hole where the the group in front of us has gone to the next tee. Okay. And there's a little ravine and the the tee and where we're hitting our shot is not so far apart to where we can look through and see this group. And this guy took it upon himself to go ahead and say, "Hey, did you hit my ball into the woods?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, I did, you little uh bleep bleep." He's like, "You hit into me." And he's like, well, I didn't mean to. I, I didn't know. I was hitting from the very back tees. And the guy goes, well, you hit into me. And that's what happens to you. And this is an older gentleman. Yeah. And the guy goes, man, it was an accident. I didn't know. And the guy just pauses for a second. You could tell he didn't really have a comeback. And he goes, use some judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and then the conversation just ended. And it was almost to the confrontational standpoint where it was like, are we going to have to grab clubs and like kill this foursome on this <laughs> golf course? Are we going to have to cough near or around this guy? Yeah. <laughs> we can have to run up for a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was very awkward. There were some uh, people in the neighborhood that were sitting out on their lawn chairs, watching the rounds go by and they packed up and went back inside. Yeah. And uh, anyway, great day of golf had by all, um, all the shade to that group in front. This is how boring our weeks have become. It's just remote work. And I'm like, crazy thing happened on the course, man. Um, yeah. Well, sweet. So that happened. Um, what happened on s- Saturday? I just practiced golf. And then Sunday, I played golf. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it's been... How's, dude, the, how's the work week been? Wall-to-wall meetings. Like, the the work week has just been saturated. Like, I got calls, texts, and slacks on Saturday yeah. for meetings on sunday morning prior to golf so like it's just kind of been seven days on yeah you were you were on a call uh, as we were coming in today yeah yeah i just it, it always gets busier you know <laughs> that's like, good though it, it's insane that's good and we're in such a mission critical startup where um each of our roles is so mission critical to the startup's uh fulfillment and success yeah that it's all hands on deck well and sometimes we got introduced to the concept of a racy mate, uh, racy matrices last week. Um, racy is an acronym mean? for the types of ownership that you can have or the, the role that you play for a project. So the first one is responsible. So you're responsible for this project or you could be accountable for this project. So mm. responsible is like, I'm the actual doer. And then accountable might be, I'm the overarching manager of the doer. Yeah. And then, 
so that's responsible, accountable, and then there's consulted and informed. Mm. So it's RACI. And I was introduced to the concept that I was going to be consulted on a, a personas project, essentially, because I'm on the front lines talking to you know, our first customers and people that were iterating to, you know, meet their demands in this competitive market. And it's a lot of fun. And so uh, I'm consulted on this project. But sometimes for those creative kind of blue sky session projects where it's like, we need to mull something over for an hour or two, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I'll separate and give the other role types the ability to marinate and come up with creative and deploy and test and do all of this. Well, if I'm in sales calls all day long, which I am, you know, it's just been so busy. Sometimes you have to only, you only have after hours or the weekends to have those different types of strategy sessions. So balancing, you know, the different spin levels in your pipeline, as well as internal versus external meetings, man. Yeah. 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 Busy. It's been super busy. Um, yeah, it's just, it's real life. Um, it's super exciting because, if you're busy in a startup, that's the only way to be. Yeah. You know, it means that people want your product. They're asking questions about your product and trying to fit it into their ecosystem and their culture and their tech stack. And what an awesome position to be in, right? Absolutely. I think we're on to something. And it sounds like it. The future is so bright that I'm wearing sunglasses right now. Mm, I can vouch for them, folks. <laughs> Future's too bright. <laughs> so, that's great, uh, man pulling out some old school biz dev strategies. Uh, I had some some folks in the pipeline kind of go ice cold when COVID first hit. So we we did a strategy the other day where um, we were looking for some we were looking for some feedback from some folks, but didn't want to just say, you got any feedback for us and come across as tone deaf, so to speak. So what we did was uh, in an effort to support local business amid coronavirus shutdowns, we decided to support a local bakery in the okay. market of said customer. And what we did was we we had individually wrapped cookies delivered to the the prospective customer, mm. and we emailed them saying, "Hey, we're going to have cookies dropped off tomorrow." Or you know, we picked out the best bakery close to you. We're trying to support local business that are you know to go or delivery only. Yeah, uh, they're individually wrapped. Please pass them out to all the folks that we've talked to that are going to be using our platform, and uh, we're looking forward to chatting in the future. Nice. And um, it went over really well. Yeah, that's, so that's great. You know. Sending baked goods still works, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing like a, a startup called Appreciate to to show their appreciation and really. Man, it's so funny. Like, um, it's no secret that I don't like to get too far into the, you know deals or explicit things at Appreciate, but I do work for a startup called Appreciate, and it's just so serendipitous that. I mean, how in the world did we get that name? First of all, like, yeah. how was that available? Right. Um. Second of all, I feel like an idiot sometimes because. I'm always like, Hey, I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. And people will always like start laughing or I'll get off a demo with, you know, a VP of HR and they'll Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, we really appreciate your time today. Oh, we see Uh, what we did there. Like, (laughs) you know, Ah, it's like a little wink. Yeah. Or my, my sign off line, whenever I leave a voicemail, I always will say something like, okay, again, this is Carson Gibbons calling from appreciate. But often what I would say is no matter what hat I was wearing in previous roles, Mm -hmm. part of my sign off would be, um, you know, hey Brad, I'm giving you this call because of X, Y, and Z. My name, my number, body copy of my message, and then I would usually round it off with. Anyway, so if you, I would greatly appreciate it if you could give me a call whenever you get this again, Carson Gibbons from X, Y, Z Company, nine seven two, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. Well, with appreciate, I'm like, 
I would greatly appreciate yeah. a callback. Again, this is Carson with appreciate, and it just feels like yeah. a double uh, too I get, much. I get what you're saying. But anyway, yeah. makes for some lighthearted moments with clients. But um, yeah, I'm, I am ecstatic because, um, you know, COVID has dried up a lot of different things. But, you know, our business in terms of inbound has remained very constant. And my schedule has been very busy. And I closed, I, I think I had my first multi-close deal day this week yeah you did so that was pretty awesome excited to onboard those folks and um yeah our product team launched a whole new self-serve automated lead to cash process for our entire platform so you can sign up you can get a free trial get access to all of the the good reporting goodies badge selection you can design and map your your entire culture in terms of the the badge name sets and different high level core values that you're going for and it's an exciting time. Yeah. I love uh, that. A lot of people, what we say is that a, a competitive, a great company culture is no longer a competitive advantage. It's really just table stakes. It's a basic expectation mm-hmm. of tomorrow's workforce and tomorrow's workforce. They take a lot more into consideration rather than just compensation. Yeah. So your mom or dad or my mom or dad might've been like, what's, uh, G- what's GE paying you? Yeah. Okay. You get two weeks and they pay you that. Great. All right. Yeah. You do that for 40 years. Yeah. Really, that was more their parents than even them. But yeah. nowadays, it's like, well, what's their uh, outlook on climate change? What is their um, policy surrounding wellness and well-being? What yeah. about PTO, recognition and rewards, uh, community service, you know, yeah. all these different things. Like a lot of companies have, if you do an hour of community service, you get an hour of PTO. There's a lot of different mechanisms that are triggered by your holistic approach to a good life, a good position, giving back. Yeah, anyway, that's cool. So exciting time to be there. Um, speaking of moms and dads, um, our second contributor submitted stuff this week comes from none other than Dean Colvin. What? Dean Colvin still Aww. has not not quite mastered what LinkedIn is really for, <laughs> uh, but it's made for a really great week of uh, I'll, I'll be in between demos and I'll just hear da ding. And it's like Dean Colvin messaged you. And I'll oh, be like, no. what now? <laughs> so he sent over, speaking of racy matrices, he sent over some racy jokes. Oh, dad. And some, he, it's always like a Bitcoin article followed by like a your mama joke. It's very, <laughs> it's very chopped up with this guy. I got to tell you. Um, (laughs) he started last Thursday after the podcast and then just kept it going like through the weekend. So, uh, you ready? (laughs) No, you This is an actual audio snippets. He, I don't think he'd actually put his voice behind this. Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure if he actually thinks that I'm going to not say this stuff on the show. I don't, he should know better by now. I mean, I, I verbatim said back to one of these, like, oh, that's next week's must heard. Yeah. So Here's his first your mama. (laughs) I'm used to your mama so fat. So I love the fact that he diversified because Dean's got your mama so stupid jokes for days, which is even funnier. So uh, your mama's so stupid that she got fired from the M&M factory for throwing out all the W's, (laughs) which he curtailed that from my M&M story. Look at him. Um, Continuity. Another <laughs> this one. Oh. <laughs> Dad, if you're making Carson like pause before he tells a joke, yeah, this is you, the one. Need, you need to chill out, man. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got one that your mom is so stupid she thinks Taco Bell is a, a Mexican phone company. 
Uh, oh, Southwestern Bell. Alexander Graham Bell. I thought that one was funny. I told a, I told my Hispanic uh, baseball coach growing up um, a Hispanic joke, and I I think racial jokes there there are racial jokes and then there are racist jokes. Yeah, let's let's say that right out the gate. Uh, That didn't present Hispanics in a bad light. That was just a funny double entendre play on words with the inventor of the phone and a prominent phone company back in the day. Yeah, and there are stupid moms of every ethnicity. Oh, yeah. Um, and fat moms of every ethnicity. Also true. Fat people of every ethnicity. Yeah, it doesn't just uh, limit to moms. Yeah. You got fat uncles. Yeah. Dads. Yeah. I mean... Nephews. <laughs> okay, let's get off this, because okay. I, could, I could get real bad with this. <laughs> I, told a, I told a racial joke to my Hispanic uh, baseball coach growing up. His name was Ernesto Samaniego, and he was a firecracker. I teach some Samaniegos. Yeah. Yeah. This guy was awesome. He was actually, he played in the Dodgers organization um, as a minor leaguer and was actually going to get called up to the bigs. And uh, a little known gentleman named Ron Say took his spot mm-hmm. and got called up instead. And I'd have to go back and look at like baseball stats, but Ron Say hit some sort of crazy home run or clinch hit or something at a very high level, like in September or the World Series or yeah. something happened. That it was like, oh, Ron Say beat me out. Like, Dang. I can't remember what the significance was, but this guy was awesome. He had a very talented son on the team na- named Ray Samaniego. So I was trying to tell that Hispanic joke about the Hispanic fireman. Okay. You know, he, he had twin boys. Have you heard this one? I don't think so. You know, how it's supposed to go is so there's a Hispanic fireman and he has twin boys and he names the first one Jose. And he names the second one Hose B. B. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, but I messed it up. I'm about ten years old, and I'm like, yeah. So you name the first one Jose, and the second one Hose too. <laughs> and so Ray Samaniego goes, "It's Hose B, Carson." <laughs> so my parents always laughed at me. They're like, "You're so stupid." They're oh, like, man. "How is how are you letting the Hispanic kid clean up your Hispanic joke, you idiot?" <laughs> Dang. But I was just That's a little. Bad. You know how I got on that baseball team? I called. The sports, Plano Sports Authority, I was like nine, 10 years old. I call them. I get their general voicemail inbox. And I was like, hey, this is Carson. I want to play baseball. So call me back. <laughs> Click. No callback number. No last name. Oh, no nothing. Yeah. Just like call me back. Uh-huh. And then I got off the phone and they were like, what was that? Like, were you expecting a follow up? <laughs> oh, man. That's wonderful. Hey, you've definitely, uh, you've definitely improved your call skills. Dude, the second most famous phone call of my life that's gone bad, sales call, first job out of school, second job out of school, first sales job Okay. back in my boss group days. Uh, we'd had a late night the night before, and I was groggy the next morning, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And I was calling some guy that I do business with all the time. And typically, you know, this the funny memes about how emails go like hope this email finds you well or whatever i was basically verbally doing that Uh but i was so out of it that i i messed it up so bad that i had to end the call so i just go hey steve this is carson i hope this message makes you feel good (laughs) and then i just realized what i'd said and i trailed off and then i just hung up the phone but then i had to call back and be like Hey, Steve, I'm sorry, man. I know that was silly, but <laughs> definitely give me a call back. Appreciate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> there's always there's a story for everything. I remember 
Jared Freeman trying to call Duck Nguyen, a very strange spelling. And Jared is just such a, you know, funny Missouri, you know, he, he's a Missouri boy that, you know, has worked Broadway in mm-hmm. New York and, you know, roamed the, the, um, um, drag queen scene and like, you know, mm-hmm. can be a flamboyant gay has been on Turtle Creek Corral, all the stereotypical things that you do if you're in the in club with Dallas gays. And so he's like, hi, this is Jared. I'm looking for a duck. <laughs> and he just bursts out laughing and had to hang up the phone. <laughs> it's just, it's hard. Uh, yeah. With phone roulette. That's anyway, great. shout out to Dean. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dad. I think I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I think he might have had others, but yeah, I can't remember. I'm not going to share. Okay. So I'm ready to get into another topic of yours, or uh, I sure. have my own. Um, let's go ahead and... You know what I want to get out of the way? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, wow, the, I can't wait. <laughs> oil prices, bro. Oh, Shout out Heston. Yeah, because I saw you guys having a back and forth, and I'm like, ah, eh, I'll let the business guys talk. Man, I got to be real with you. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Okay, then we can just move My on. My dad and him just ended up talking about crude oil bar- barrel prices for an yeah, hour. Yeah, I, I just know these oil companies are like having to pay people to take their oil because they over. I saw that. It was like oil, oil prices plunge become negative. And yeah. I'm like, what? How does that even make sense? Yeah. So do you know what happened? So... I read an analogy, and of course Heston can come back in, tweet at us, um, and poke holes in this analogy because I just briefly read it on Twitter. But the idea is like um, over-ordering. So let's say for the analogy that you're wanting to have dinner tonight, so you get on Postmates or Uber Eats and you book this thing for dinner and they're going to bring it to you at a certain time. Well, you get hungry before then, you eat, and you're full before your dinner gets to you. And now you have this these perishables that you got to get rid of, right? Um, oh, so what are you okay. going to do with those perishables? I got you. You gotta you gotta give them out. Except, yeah, you. I mean, you got to give them away. And basically, they don't have room for all of this oil, and so they're having to like pay people to get it out of here. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. That, that that's a great. Yeah. No, that works. That, awesome. You broke okay. it down. Thanks. I, I get how that would happen now. Um. I love how nobody's like, maybe we should put it back in the earth, guys. Everybody's like, no, where are we going to store it on earth? Yeah. That being said, shout out to the low gas prices. Oh, I know. Filling up for like 12 bucks. Anyway. I haven't filled up for this cheap since I was like 16 years old. Yeah, it's it's wild. Do you remember how expensive gas was when I was 18 and you were 16 and a half, 17? Um, I remember having a truck and like, you, you could wipe out your life savings for a tank. <laughs> like yeah. it would be like some people were filling up and it would be triple digits or $200 to fill up their, their rig. Yes. Just ridiculous. Yes. I mean, my half of rent in the keen apartment was nothing. I think that apartment was like $600 a month back in the day. Yeah. So it was like either get to take a gas or pay most of rent, you know, crazy stuff like that. Anyway, so yeah, oil prices. So uh, I love wow. how Heston always like seems to tweet little um, yeah thought, thought and snippets and articles. That, greatly appreciated. Yeah, he he thinks that we are so much smarter than we really are. Yeah, that's why I like I appreciated and I consumed all the information that was being tweeted 
but I just kind of, I had nothing to add. So I'm basically just like learning from it. I think Heston is always, um, I think Heston has always admired my salesmanship capabilities, mm -hmm. but I've always admired like his, his brain. Yeah. Like his there's big no, old brain. Well, there's no other way to say it. I'm like, he actually knows stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm paid to be the lipstick on the pig. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I can, I can put lipstick on a pig very well and I can speak to things like, wow, Carson's really well versed, but mm -hmm. Carson doesn't know what the heck is going <laughs> on. You know, yeah. I, I'm an airhead blonde. Uh, you're, you're, you're a wise guy. Yeah, but he's so much more where mathematics meets philosophy meets, you know, he knows how to turn creativity. A yeah, yeah, like he's a different type of individual than I am. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good guy to have in our corner. Well, yeah. Like, it, well, I like to have people around me that augment skill sets that I don't have. Right. You know, yep. that's very critical. Yeah, I would agree. And I... I but sometimes I have to like re reframe things with them and be like, Hey, you guys know that like I'm ridiculous, right? I'm, <laughs> I can't say the R word, but <laughs> I'm afflicted. You know? yeah. I ain't all there. Yeah. I'm letting you feel my leg here in the pool with Biden. Yeah. You got, you got the cushy helmet. <laughs> <laughs> what were you about to bring up? Um, I was just going to move on to the, my next topic, Do whenever it. you were ready. Do it. Uh, you hear about Gronk? Uh, that was going to be my next topic. Yeah. So hit, hit it. So, um, First of all, what? <laughs> Tom Brady and Gronkowski are reunited. So much to unpack. Uh, how did he get traded when I thought he was retired? Um, the only reason he retired, basically, is because he said he would not play for um, Belichick, I, I believe. But he was retired for a se the last season. Right. Gr uh, Brady didn't have access to Gronk. Gronk was in the Fox studio on Sundays, right? Yeah, but I believe. So if you're already retired, I I really think it was it was him being burnt out from working under Belichick, and now that Tom Brady's gone, and like that's his quarterback, you know, and they're like dynamic duo. I think that's I think uh, Brady going to the Bucks. Uh, I think that incentivized him to come back. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that that was the second uh, lens I was going to put over this situation okay. was they're obviously a package tandem deal yeah uh when i saw that i was like oh wow it's obvious he didn't want to play for belichick at least not without brady right brady is the mitigating factor here for gronk yes no the doubt. thing that i don't understand is How even, is even if possible? they brought him back for a one-day contract like what we talked about with witten and some mm -hmm. of those other guys the other day and um, when they retire your jersey after a one-day contract <laughs> like you know yeah. whatever that's fine what they're gonna have to do for witten and uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and right, all these right. guys. Um, what I, I just don't understand what what contractual obligation he was under with Foxborough. Yeah, that they would trade him. But I saw that happen. I saw that come through the wire last night, and I was like, "Ooh, it's well, going to be a hot weekly catch up." The fact that he's not playing, and if you if he's still technically under contract or he has to wait X amount of years to play for someone, but he's not playing for you, I mean, you might as well get something out of it before the contract ends right yeah i'm not i'm not following I, I just didn't understand that he was under contract with new england okay that's what i, I thought i had read but i i could well, if he was truly traded which it sounded like they sent gronk and a seventh round pick over to the bucks in exchange for a fourth round pick which just mm -hmm. means they they said yes you can go like yeah he leveraged his way out Yeah, they, but, they traded for him i don't get it yeah 
it's oh. crazy to me how these tight ends or anybody at that level, like you look at Witten or Gronk, I don't get how you can take a year off, go into the Monday night football booth and then come back and compete at the highest level in your sport. Insane. Like, first of all, you just have a roster spot waiting for you. Um, second of all, you just can pick back up and like, at what level of intensity training were you performing at? Like, were you performing at 60% even though you were in the booth? Because yeah. you know that those guys were still lifting, they were still running, they were still catching passes because it's still probably a passion to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, even, no look, even look at Dez. What's been going on with the whole Dez? Um, it's been kind of quiet because of the Rona, but I mean, he. No, dude, they got in trouble though. Didn't you see that? Like, Dez did? Dez, Dak, and uh, Elliot. Zeke or something. I didn't know. I didn't know Dez was a part of it. Yeah, no, they'd been having uh, uh, yeah, and practice I, and got in trouble for not oh. social distancing. Did we talk about the birthday party that they got? No. Okay, no. so that's that's the only part that I had read was that Dak and uh, El- and Zeke were uh, seen together like at a birthday party and they got reprimanded for that. I had no idea that they because were because of the Rona. Yeah. Was it a house party? Yeah. Oh wow! So how sick would that have been to be at? Yeah. So I, I had no idea that they were practicing with uh, Dez. Well, yeah, that, that's why I'm confused because Dez has made no bones that he wants to be back in the uh, the NFL, and you see his Instagram, and oh yeah, yeah, he's always working like he's coming back. He's catching those passes while he's laying down on his right, back. Right, that's like his favorite yeah. D- dude wants to come back. I th- I think he's making moves, but he's been playing with these guys again. They've all been practicing as a unit. It's like, is this foreshadowing mm-hmm. or? But yeah, I'd heard that. I kind of hope so. The practice got yeah, that'd be yeah, freaking awesome. Um, they they called the Amari Cooper deal. Like, do you see? Yeah. Was it Rex Ryan on Get Up or Stephen A. or whoever that was? He was like, "This is the dumbest deal in the history of the NFL." <laughs> like, he was like, "Talk about a guy who doesn't show up." Like, right. And we gave him what a hundred million, sixty million. I think so. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wild. Um. Meanwhile. We, we need to have Gallup. Did we retain him? I think so. I think, yeah. Oh, it was Cobb that we let go. Yes. D- and didn't we let him go to Houston or somewhere? Um, Where did he go? I don't know. Look that up for me. Um, Well, yeah, weird stuff with uh, Brady and, and Gronk, but boy, don't you know Tampa Bay is just pooping their pants right now? Like Cobb to Texans. Cobb to Texans. Why would we do that? To retain... Uh, it's just funny because else. he served so successfully. He was under great. Mike McCarthy. I loved having him on the Cowboys, man. And now that we have Mike McCarthy, it's like, oh, he already knows that system. He'll be set up for success. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, Randall Cobb was a great addition. Loved rooting for him all year, especially after rooting against him while he was on the Seriously. Packers. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll definitely be missed. But I'm hopeful. <laughs> as i am every year yeah we're still idiots <laughs> <Right>. folks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like guess we'll uh hang around and get our hopes up maybe <laughs> yeah um keeping it in the realm of sports what you've been you've been watching any documentaries lately oh yes <laughs> I, I did see your tweet what's it called the, the last dance the baby. last dance what a, so i'm only into episode two or Th- three. there's only two there's only two. Oh, there's there's darn it what so far Oh, there's going to be 10 total. Drop it like Netflix. Well, it is a Netflix co-branded. Yeah. And so it'll be on Netflix later, I suppose. It actually wasn't supposed to air this soon. I believe it was supposed to drop in May or sometime this summer. 
but because of the coronavirus, they're just like, ah, screw it. And they released it. For those who don't know what we're talking about, it's a co-branded production between Netflix and ESPN, I believe. Yeah. Um, the Last Dance, and it's chronicling. Apparently, back in the day, these uh, documentarians got unprecedented access to the 97-98 Bulls team <laughs> yeah, baby. for a complete year. Uh, and this was, I guess they'd won three back-to-back-to-back and mm-hmm. then took a year off and then won another two. And, yeah. you know, I was just thinking, like, I'm first of all, it's horrifying when they say, well, 30 years ago, this was, and I'm like, I, I was a little, like, right? this was my first memory. Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods were my first, like, generational of hero course. sports, fi- like, especially Michael Jordan. Space that was Jam, man. Right, right when I, I was born in November of 89. Mm. So, you know, when he was winning from basically 93 to 98, yeah. you know, I was four to eight. Four right. to nine. And I'll never forget waking up early in the morning and I would always watch Fox Sports Southwest and it was nothing but Michael Jordan uh, on those highlight reels. And I just, it was so iconic to me. He was so larger than life. And it, it's interesting how, you know, even in this documentary, they keep surfacing the fact that he is the first of his kind in terms of truly just transcending an entire league and sport and the world like becoming just a global figure that you know he he was considered the best athlete you know in all of sport for a period of time just his tenacity man just insane the the things that he would say to teammates and coaches and owners whenever he was talking to jerry Krause, and uh he was like uh, jerry Krause like had these pills in his hand or something he's like Oh, are those to help you grow taller, or are they? Oh, those are diet pills, right? No, I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> it's in, yeah. Well, I thought you. It was. I believe it's in the second episode. But I fell asleep um, last night to the second episode. Gotcha. Yeah. So that relationship with Jerry Krause. Uh, first of all, why would you discontinue a relationship with a coach that has just won you like five championships? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the documentary is making the point that the little GM you know, wasn't getting the credit that he yeah. wanted because of Phil and Scotty and Michael. And he, he wanted to be in the spotlight and for people to say that they were winning because of him. And he was a little squatty body, a little, you know, fat pooper. Yeah. Um, that, you know, was not fetching in the looks department, like wanted a more notoriety. And, uh, I guess around that time, like GMs are very much credited with like architecting the success and like, mm-hmm. wow, the architect of the, the sports club that went right. on to whatever. And he just, whatever, he, he took the ride. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, they told Phil Jackson going into the last season, um, they signed him to a one-year contract, and they said, this will be your last season no matter what. Yeah. And so Phil had told the team, guys, you know, whether you're here or not, let's channel this. This yeah. is the last dance. Exactly. And that's, so that's is, where they came up with the name for it. Is... And I, it's so applicable because – you I just know, got chills. Our boss said something to us the other day, and I, I talked about this wall-to-wall work seven days a week. Like, you don't know what day it is. You're always mm-hmm. just jerking up to go check, you know, the, the latest inbound chat or yeah. email form submission. And he said something that was similar to the last dance the other day. He was he was saying how proud he was of the team and to have served alongside us in the trenches in this extraordinary time in human history. Mm. And that it made a comment that, you know, 
our resilience and amid work from home and coronavirus and all these different things, he's like, I've treasured this experience with you all. This is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Mm. And it, it was so weird because you got to think like everything that we're doing is fleeting and it's like this, this will pass, you know, like if yeah. you're having a long, hard week, you know, this might be the only year that you're doing that particular thing. And to always, it's a reminder to always perform at that MJ level, to always give it like, this could be your last game. This could be your last sales call. This could be your last zoom remote learning session. And it's definitely going to be Joe Biden's last election. <laughs> you know, you just, but I thought that was such a beautiful sentiment. And yeah. there's just, the older I get, the, the more I benefit from playing sports and relaying. Like, I, I relay so much of my golf game back to business mm -hmm. and, you know, having to trust the practice and trust your reps and, like, you know, get that 10,000 hours at whatever you want to be great at. And I've identified, I feel more confident today about how I've identified to spend my time professionally and personally with some of these 10 poles in my life in that I'm working at a, a super badass, awesome startup with people that I respect that is gaining market share. Legit. Love hmm. it all. Great. Great for me. Um, but on my personal side, there are some things that I'm doing that I, I can show, I can point to value created. Like for instance, there's now two going on two and a half days of content of you and me out there. That's right. Expressing some really interesting, thoughtful viewpoints and yeah. some not so thoughtful. <laughs> um, great. I think I've enjoyed this process. It's something that is going to scale and whether it ever makes a dollar or whatever happens, I've, I've personally grown from the experience. Yeah. And I also think that devoting myself to a pastime that leads to my fitness mental fitness, um, patience, mindfulness, and meeting other like-minded people that can advance my life, my career, my viewpoints with golf is also very worthy because yeah. I can do that till I'm 80, 90, you know, till the day I die. It's not contact football or hockey. Yeah. So anyway, That's I don't know. Great. I don't know how we got on that, but um, just talking about the the idea behind last dance and how that kind of translated into your work life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd seen that as a tile. I, I get it through YouTube TV because I guess it's not on uh, it's Netflix on, yet. It's, no, it's on ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. But it's been commercial free for me. Same. So let's talk about the only in in show advertorials or presented by crazy. crazy. The Facebook company. Yeah. The Facebook company, uh, Reese's. No. Okay. Who cares okay. about Reese's? Okay. 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 Chocolate and peanut butter. We get yeah. it. Oh, you're just saying it's a the Facebook, Facebook company. company. What happened there? When did it go from Facebook to the Facebook company? Whenever they started owning a bunch of other stuff. It, it sounds so unnatural when they say the Facebook company. Yeah. It's like, it's whoa, kinda, did you just creepy. grow up? Did you just move your tassel over? Yeah. I feel like it feels extra evil to me because it's like, I'm like, what else do they own that we don't yeah. know about? When did it quit being Facebook? And they own a lot, man. You open up your Instagram, it says powered by Facebook or whatever. I brought that up whenever I saw that all Facebook properties mm -hmm. now said, you know, a, a Facebook product or powered by Facebook yeah. or whatever it is. But the Facebook company, I was thinking what other companies like the Walt Disney company, 
the uh, American Broadcasting Company. Dude, uh, did you see that they canceled like all of their events until like spring 2021 or something like that? Yeah, that's fine. You think so? Yeah, but Mark and Priscilla were on uh, Anderson Cooper the other night. Okay, and uh, she's she's cool. She's relatable. She's much more plain spoken and blunt than you would think. And then he just looks at her like a robot. <laughs> and then he took a drink out of a water glass with the Cisco WebEx camera two feet from him. I'm like, <laughs> dude. But he even had a relatable moment because uh, Anderson and Sanjay Gupta were interviewing Priscilla and Mark uh-huh. Zuckerberg, and. Uh, Anderson was saying, look at this bald spot on the side of my head. I tried to, you know, cut my own hair last night. What an idiot. (laughs) And uh, he said, Mark had said, I cut my own hair as well. Or Priscilla had cut it. And Anderson goes, wow, it looks nice. And and, uh, Mark goes, wow, you're probably the only person that's ever complimented my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was like, I'm like, whoa, signs of human life. (laughs) There's a heart in there. That's good. Not a microchip. All right. So back to the canceled events. Yeah, he was just saying that, you know, they've gone beyond um, they're going to go back to work in phases. Okay. And one of the points that he had made was that whenever we are returning to work, we need to do so in phases. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's like a software engineer and likely an introvert that's totally cool with work from home anyway, they can stay and home. can totally autonomously fulfill their roles and duties remotely, okay. you know, merge the code base to GitHub, like everything's online. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. He was saying that they'll phase their employees back in uh, in accordance with society. Like he's like, we need to have medical workers back to work. We need to have teachers back to work. We need to have critical infrastructure taken care of before we're concerned about the software engineer and their Prius, you know, making their way to, you know, wherever in the Bay area to go to Facebook, you know, Mm. to sit on a different beanbag to code instead of the one at home. (laughs) (laughs) I love how stereotypical I just made that, but you know, I, I thought that was very interesting. And he said that they were they'd committed to not having a gathering of any more than 50 through like 2021 or 2022, okay. which all that goes to say they canceled their big like disciple conference, yeah. which has like however many tens or hundreds of thousands of attendees cool. for this cycle. So great. You know, all right. yeah, that makes sense. That works. I just see people are like, oh, uh, he knows he knows something that we don't. And so I, I didn't know if you if you were going to fuel that or not. Well, we can talk about COVID a little bit, like, because right now we're seeing the loosening of right. restrictions. We're seeing that states are, last week they rolled out the the different phased approaches to, you know, if your number of new cases and deaths and all of that continues to decline for 14 consecutive days, you can enter phase one, which is like all businesses can be to go. Mm-hmm. You can do X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then you would hit phase two, phase three, but you have to continually, consecutively uh, scale down in terms of the number of active cases. And so a couple of states are prematurely reopening businesses Mm -hmm. before they hit those thresholds, apparently. And whether that was the case or not, I think what we're definitely bracing for is people are about to run back out there and there's going to be a second wave. Yeah. There's got to be. Yeah. Um. In fact, the director of the CDC said, first of all, he looks like a, a Game of Thrones character. So whenever he's like, next winter will be extreme. I'm yeah, like, winter is coming. Because <laughs> he looks like a character that should just have furs on. Like yeah. He looks like that big fat guy out of the Adam Sandler movies that, that sang <laughs> yeah. opera in yeah, Mr. Yeah. Deeds. Uh-huh. 
Um, he looks like that guy. That's funny. So he was apparently this might stick around like another flu season for forever. But at the same time, dude, we've had 46,000 people die in America, which mm-hmm. is 46,000 too many. However, do you know how many people died of like, you know, heart disease last week? Sure. Several. 650,000. Yeah. Okay. I, we're we're, ta- we're not even talking about comparable things here. Well, I think, I think the argument to be made is that if you're going to have a, if you have heart disease or something like that's not affecting somebody around you. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if, if that's a comparable uh, exchange. It, it's not. None of this is oranges to oranges, but you know, decisions do have to be made at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, point. I agree. I agree with that. Um, and it, it is disheartening when it's like, it feels like things are flattened a little bit in certain areas um, and, and people are still just like starving. I haven't seen any money from the federal government. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I'm starving, but there are people that are. Right. Still waiting know? on them. There are people that went through that 1200 already. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. They just keep trying to. Uh, they keep trying to trap Trump. Yeah, it's. Become... I've just seen people rioting uh, outside of hospitals, and it's like, why are you taking this out on medical workers who are actually trying to help people? Yeah, have you seen all these protesters? It's insane. A lot. Yeah, and they're like mad at Trump for. He said that he had more power than the governors, and then uh, they literally showed like split screens of like CNN's captions, and it's like, why isn't Trump exerting his power to force people to do this? Yeah, uh, to push their agenda, and then, and then, then like, when he he's exerting his power, yeah, dictatorship, literally, yeah, literally, yeah, they're I, picking and choosing for sure. Oh, they're just. Did you see Donnell Rawlings on? Uh, JRE. No. He goes, man, CNN is like a nagging girlfriend. It's like, yeah, you did this, but could you have done it earlier? Like, he's like, all damn day. It's just a nagging girlfriend. And it was so funny to hear his perspective on it. Like, go look up that JRE clip on the way home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Donna Rawlings, CNN, because it, it, it surmised exactly what I've been saying, where it's like, man, we know <laughs> we, we get the face value. Would you just leave it alone for a second? Like, yeah. Is anything else going on in the world? Dang. They're, it's like they're so reticent to give way on it. It's like they don't want the economy to reopen. It's like they yeah. don't they don't acknowledge the that it is a thin balance and line in between those two things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said it. I don't I don't have uh I said it. Yeah. All you right. said it well. I would I would just uh that's all right, it. let's get let's get our last opinion of the show okay. on all things political and you know current events that are currently happening. You still don't have a guess, I'm I'm assuming. Actually, let me get my phone out so I announce this this name right. Oh goodness. You're more than welcome to fill in the dead air. Okay. Um, as co-host. So I will, yeah, just uh, kind of wrapping that up. Don't take it out on medical workers, whether or not you believe um, that the corona thing is flattening out or that it didn't exist to begin with. Um, stop stop tampering with uh, the hospitals and, and stopping the medical workers from doing their job. Um yeah, I saw that 19 people had contracted COVID from one of those protests. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> the funny yeah, part you was believe that in it now. Some people were like, you know, out there being all right wing with, you know, very provocative signs, you know, 
touting our you know antiquated viewpoints other people were like reopen the economy and then you could tell that there were some crispy boys out there just looking for a good time and there was like hey there's a crowd somewhere in the city you want to go join it like right. we haven't seen one of these in forever yeah so i thought that was funny all yes. right so our next guest on the weekly catch-up podcast is i don't actually know her profession um I guess that would have been super valuable, right? Who is? I don't know. I don't know who it is. Adam is a friend of my sister's. Okay. You, you might have encountered her at Southern. Hillary Gao Sujo. Oh, I love Hillary. She goes by Crooked Hillary hey. on Twitter. It's actually Twitter slash Hey Hills. Hey is oh, with man. two Ys. I love this. And I think her Instagram, coming from a... Uh, an Adventist cultural background mixed with my love of like politics, meme culture, all of this different stuff. Her stuff is hilarious. You got to look her up. She's yeah, it is. So she's great. And her, her reflections on having grown up Adventist or like an Adventist joke. They're so funny. They're so spot on. So I reached out to her this week to get her perspective on all things, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear without further ado. Welcome (laughs) Hillary. Sweet. Hi, my name is Hillary, and I will be voting for Joe Biden. Frankly, a huge part in that is that he's not our current president. Right now, we have a president who's proven to be incompetent time and time again. The way that COVID-19 has been handled has been truly horrendous. But honestly, a lot of things were not going great before that. Um, For me, one of the biggest things is that he dropped out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And that's just something that's going to affect us more and more the further we get from it. Right now we have a president who is dangerous in the way that he talks about women, people of color, and frankly anyone who doesn't look, sound, and act like him. He also is incapable of producing accurate information to the American people, which is something we absolutely deserve. I just don't feel represented by this president and I don't feel safe. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has a great history of producing legislature that positively affects women. He passed the Violence Against Women Act, and he is for equal pay and wants to codify Roe versus Wade, which would turn it into a law, something that can't be overturned. He also has a good history of working with bipartisan legislature, being able to work with a um, with Republicans being able to pass Obamacare. Like these are things that have been really important in the past as he's served in the Senate since he was 29 and various um, appointments since then. But also as we go into the future, when our economy is so broken and busted that we don't know what to do, we're going to have to figure out what to do together instead of just blockading one another, um, red versus blue. Finally, like I said before, Joe Biden is pro-environment, which seems like a ridiculous thing to say. He admits that climate change is real because he listens to scientists, which seems like a basic function at this point. But he said that he would um, rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement and move towards clean energy by 2050, I believe. You can find more on his website, obviously. But yes, I truly believe that Joe Biden is the right candidate at this time. You could have argued before that there were better Democratic nominees, but guess what? That's not where we are right now. We are headed to the primaries where you have Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And one 
has said really atrocious things about women, about people of color, and his legislature has reflected his stance. The other is Joe Biden, who genuinely wants the good for the American people. I don't think he's running again after the loss of his son because he feels like he deserves it. He feels entitled to it. I think he genuinely looked at America and said, you know what, we can make this better than what it is right now, better than what it's been. And I feel very confident that he's going to surround himself with competent people. I think his cabinet will actually look like a cabinet and not won't have someone fired every two minutes because they said something nasty about him. I firmly believe that he will lead our nation in a competent as we try to rebuild after this pandemic. I think it is very clear that Joe Biden is the right candidate. Hillary, well-spoken Sujo. Well, there you have it from Hillary. Yeah, two Bidens, and well, they, well, they're actually, genuinely feeling Biden. Yeah, she's saying we'll actually have a cabinet, not just a lot of mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's what you took from that. Um, well, first of all, she had some great points. Uh, some that I'd like to highlight is like firm affirmation, like uh, codifying uh, Roe versus Wade to make it just you know make that the law. Nobody mess with that. I am a hundred percent on board with that. Like yeah. that has been the main horrifying thing that has been enabled by the current administration's viewpoints is, you know, states taking mm-hmm. into their uh, purview the ability to restrict abortion and, yeah. you know, um, different things like that. And that's just not. It doesn't work like that. No. I know we want it to. I know that it's not on your perfect day. Nobody's hoping for that, but things happen and you right. need that service available to uh, young, middle and older women, yeah. <laughs> all women ever. Yeah. I, I really no think doubt. that even if you're married, women just should get to decide who lives and mm-hmm. dies. Like, you know, I think that even if you're married to a woman uh, and she turns up pregnant, um, it, you should just, you know, month six, you're like, oh, so we're having a baby, huh? <laughs> like, I, I have a different viewpoint on that, but I'm 100% on board with her on that. Yeah. Uh, the part I didn't agree with is this busted economy. I know it's busted right now because of the pandemic, but fundamentally, I don't think anything was wrong with the economy per se okay. uh, prior. I think that we were experiencing a pretty good economy. Um, I agree that it's going to have to make a comeback, but we've already seen murmurs of that. So again, do, what does she do? Do you happen to know? Is she a nurse? Is she a medical uh, field? She's not a teacher. Know. Don't put me on blast. Dude. I don't know why I don't know this. I, sh- I should know. And where is she? Is she still up in Tennessee or? I don't, I haven't, I don't know, man. I Did you go to school together? Uh, very briefly. Okay. She's, but I mean, we follow each other on, on Twitter and like, you know, yeah. check in here and there, but I, I should, I should know better, but. I, I must've met her a couple of years ago whenever I was visiting Meredith up there. And I just recall, uh, we were walking, what's the name? Is it Coolidge Park? Cooler Park? What, what's the name? Coolidge sounds right. Coolidge. Um, you know the park that all the Adam just go to on Saturdays. We were walking that bridge, and the math of the people had just worked out where I walked next to Hillary on that bridge for the majority of the bridge. And I just remember thinking, like, "Wow, this girl is really funny and sharp and like witty, like yeah. a, a cutting sense of humor." Which uh, I always uh, physical therapy. Physical therapy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. We're gonna put uh, both checkers. And Heston. I, I want to say I want to uh, say she's in California, but I could Hillary be wrong. In we're we're gonna put their social 
in the show links. So yeah. Hillary, I'm embarrassed that I don't know. So that's my bad. Yeah, our bad. We just wanted your viewpoints, Hillary. We didn't yeah. care where you where you were coming from or what yeah. you well, did. Well, I didn't know you were going to be on the show, so. Yeah, I pulled that one out. Um, <laughs> no, I just wanted, I definitely wanted some female perspectives on this show. I feel like this has always been dude heavy AF and, yeah. um, you know, wanted to diversify some. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm really refreshed to have gotten some of these viewpoints for something that I don't necessarily overall support, but totally support the way they're supporting it. Mm-hmm. Like. They're both voting their interests. They have very sane, lucid reasons on why they're going to do what they're going to do. And that's all anybody can ask. Like, that's a great American conversational debate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate both of their shout outs. Shout out to them for sure. Agreed. Um, And and your daddy for for stupid mom jokes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, keep, Keep sending them to LinkedIn, dad. Yeah. Please. <laughs> He's a uh, he should put a post as um, CEO of talking crap since <laughs> 1980. <laughs> oh. All right, man, you got any shout outs? You want to get out of here? Yeah, let's uh, let's get it. Um... All right. You got nothing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. No, I... What did he win? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't don't you start. Well, I love your comebacks, bro. Good one. <laughs> You're like, listen. Silence. <laughs> you like doing that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you just done talking on this pod? Or what? Just letting you what get it you, out. What are you doing? Just letting you get it out before we go. I'm just trashing you until you say something. I have nothing. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, you have no shout outs? No. I, okay. I put this whole show together. I've been producing yeah, this thing. Yeah, it's about since... time you did something. Oh, buddy. Who had no show notes last week? Uh, Me. Okay. Who carried you know, the show last little... week? I love how you called me out for like carrying the show a week ago. I liked that you threw that barb at me mm. and disproving that I'm the the a-hole on the show. That's okay. There's two a-holes on this show. That's right. Yeah, I got into some Twitter beef this week. With who? I don't know. Some random person that decided. How? What? Why? They decided to show, throw shade at one of my uh, opinions about an album that came out. And so I just deaded that real quick. Oh, is that the twenty eight thousand follower thing? Yeah, what, you like called into question their follower versus engagement ratio. Yeah. Oh, Brad hit him on the metrics. Yeah. He's like, "What are these followers <laughs> paid for?" That's what I said. Where's your organic engagement, bro? And then she said, "Oh, it's not about the followers." And meanwhile, she's posting all about her Twitch stream and how she wants people to watch. I'm like, okay. What does she do? What's her Twi- name? Twitches. I don't know. Her. I do not know this person at all. All right. <laughs> Getting into fights with random strangers That's in between right. gardening sessions. Don't argue against my musical taste. Well, buddy, I hope that your garden grows, that Thanks, your man. paycheck remains constant, not cut by 50%. Yeah, appreciate that. I hope that your overarching employers uh, start to hire some business people and accountants to run their back office and True. not pastors. True. Um, and uh, I, I wish everybody, oh, you know what? I did want to mention this. Um, I don't even know how appropriate this is, but I I know that we've talked about the loosening restrictions and everybody's going to go back to work and blah, blah, blah. Sure. It hit close to home for the first time this week. Okay. Um, the, the closest to home. I, I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, this is bar none closest to home thus far. Yeah. So we talked about Daniel Byard yeah. uh, the other day on the show. His mother, Connie, has COVID. Okay. It was hospitalized this week. 
So um, shout out to the Bayard family. We've been lifelong friends. They helped mm-hmm. start that church uh, way back when I was eight or 10. Daniel and I grew up together. Yeah. Went to college with him. Yeah. Good man. So, yeah. Good family. Um, so we wish a, a very speedy recovery to Connie Byard. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, any other listeners of the show with ailing, you know, parents or grandparents, anybody. Yeah. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Absolutely. And so, again, thank you, uh, Checkers and Hillary, for your contributions. Um, you you definitely upped the value of not only this episode, but our podcast. And so thank you guys for for uh, for recording and letting us know your perspective on these on these things. You they literally broadened our, our worldviews, so to speak, our yeah. viewpoints like, you know, and that's what I like about this longer form discussion format. You know, mm-hmm. I even like the idea that it'd be nice to interview these people. But at the same time, I love just getting them off the cuff with like a rant. Mm-hmm. And then we're able to like unpack a full idea with yeah. full ideas. Right. Or as full as we can make. Them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All anyway, right. hope. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey tots, hope this podcast made you feel good. <laughs> uh, click. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate y'all tots. Um, Brad, any any sign off notes? Uh, no, just uh, again, thank you when all. We for, get back together. In. We'll be uh, recording episode thirty. Oh, the big three zero. So, all right, get ready, folks. Strap in. Uh, we're still taking listener submissions. You know, keep yeah. them coming all day. Whatever um, y'all got. You know, I solicited a couple people this week, and um, you know, made it an open invitation. And yeah, so we're we're all in for your feedback on the show, general election predictions, love coronavirus hearing stories, differing of opinions. Yeah. So set us straight. We appreciate y'all. Anyways, uh, we'll catch you guys up next week. Bye bye.